0: Bulletin, if you will go ahead and reach for your uh, your sermon notes outline, and also if you're following on your smartphone, you can open the uh, Uversion Bible app, and just at the bottom right hand, click More, and then on the second page, Events, and then select Cassaview Assembly of God, and it will be today's uh, information uh, all of the handouts or the or the uh, this the slides that are part of our study today, and again in the bulletin is the sermon notes outline. Pull that out. Follow along with us. Amen. I heard about uh, this blonde lady. Now, if you're blonde, now that don't take don't uh, don't attack the messenger. I just uh, am sharing the news. I didn't create this. And uh, I heard about this blonde lady. She was driving down the freeway. And she got pulled over by a female police officer who also happened to be blonde. And the female officer asked her for her driver's license. And she dug into her purse and dug and dug and and she got frustrated and agitated and she couldn't find her driver's license. And so she finally asked the officer, said, well, what does it look like? And the officer said, well, it's a little square thing, and it has your picture on it. And so she looked in her purse, and lo and behold, she found a little square makeup mirror. And and she saw her reflection in the mirror, and so she handed it to the officer. And so the officer looked at the mirror, and saw herself in the mirror, and handed it back, and said, you can go. Said, I didn't realize that you were a police officer. Now, I don't recommend that you carry this in lieu of driver's license. Well, our theme for this year is walking with God, walking with God. And we've been studying a series of messages on the life of Abraham and who was a friend of God and who was the father of faith because he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness And so he is a great example for us of how to walk with God. I mean, if someone calls you the friend of God, I mean, you know, you are walking with God. I promise you that. And for many years, God had promised Abraham and his wife, Sarah, that they were going to be fruitful. They were going to have children. But all they were experiencing was barrenness. No children. And as I have mentioned before... In our own family, both of our children, Catherine and Parker, are adopted. And it was a struggle trying to be fruitful and to have children of our own. And this adoption process didn't happen overnight. We had to wait several years to adopt. And what we were unable to produce in our own barrenness, the Lord in His fruitfulness produced at his appointed time. But we had to learn something. And we had to learn to wait. To wait on God and to trust God and to have hope in God. And we just, finally, we just gave up all of our struggles and said, God, it's in your hands. In your timing, in your will, we're just going to put it in your hands. We're going to trust in you. And the moment that we did that, then things started to happen. And fruitfulness began to come. And not only did we were we able to adopt one, but we had, we adopted two. Amen. It was amazing how God answered our prayer, but we had to wait on his fruitfulness at the appointed time. And when we walk with God, and when he abides with us, when he passes by and we recognize that he's there, he will speak fruitfulness Into our barrenness. I'm not just talking about children. I'm talking about any area of your life where there has been barrenness. The Lord will speak fruitfulness over that situation. But we have to be willing to, number one, wait on God for His timing. But beyond that, we have to be willing to step out in faith. Step out in faith in order to receive the fulfillment of His promises. And friends, I'm here to tell you today, there is a time from the Lord. It's called an appointed time. There is an appointed time from the Lord for your miracle of fruitfulness to come from the Lord. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. And I've titled this message, Walking with God from Barrenness into Fruitfulness. Now, the Lord, when He passes by, He speaks fruitfulness into our barrenness. Here's our text again from Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 1. Then the Lord appeared to him. Who's him? Abraham. And it tells you where it was. By the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. You ever been out in the heat of the day? Pastor, every day is the heat of the day in North Texas in the summer. Amen. And in the middle of the, time, the, middle of the day, when he's sitting in the tent door in the shade, uh, which is a good place to be, I suppose, uh, the Lord suddenly appeared to him. Now, Abraham had been faithful for many years, very faithful to the Lord. But he was waiting. He was waiting on the promise to be fulfilled. He continued to trust God. He continued to believe God. But nothing has happened yet. But God shows up one day in His time. In the appointed time, He shows up at the right hour, at the right time. And all Abraham was doing was just being faithful and just cruising in the shade. He was chilling in the shade in the heat of the day. And God shows up. Why? Because it's God's time. And what's interesting to me is that what God did in response... To Abraham's faithfulness over this long period of time. And again, we know that this was this visitor, these three visitors that show up. Was, uh, it wasn't just angels that showed up because Abraham was allowed to bow down and to worship him. And if it's an angel, just an angel, no, they don't. Angels say no, don't do that. We're just, we're like you. We're we're just ministers uh, uh, like you. But but no, don't worship us. But if, but since this this visitor from heaven was allowed him to bow down and worship him, we know that it was more than an angel. It was the Lord Himself. And let's read about it in verse two and three again. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. And then Abram began to do something very significant. He began to minister or to serve, to serve the presence of the Lord that was there, to minister to the presence of the Lord in a very physical, practical way. And he said in verse 4 and 5, he said, Please, let a little water be brought in and wash your feet and, and rest yourself. Take, you know, chill out under this tree in the shade. It's hot out here. Get, get in the shade and, and just rest and recline. And, and, and I'll bring a morsel of bread and you may refresh your hearts. And, and after that, you may pass by. Inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And, and they said, well, go ahead and do as you have said. And then observe that Abraham got his wife Sarah involved in ministering to their guest. And and also his own servants got involved. And in the next couple of verses, Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make three measures of fine meal and knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a tender good calf and gave it to a young man. and, And he hastened to prepare it. And so he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. And so he ministered, he served the Lord. Now after the Lord was ministered to or served by Abraham, then the Lord looked upon Abraham's and Sarah's barrenness. And he asked a question to Abraham, he said, Where? Is Sarah your wife? Look at verse 9. And then they said unto him. Where is Sarah your wife? And so he said. Well here. She's in the tent. And he said. I will certainly return to you. According to the time of life. And behold Sarah your wife. Shall have a son. Now notice in parentheses in your Bible. It tells you what Sarah is doing. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Actually, it was probably a a curtain or a veil or a flap, we would say. And she was behind that flap door and she had her ear up to it. She was listening to everything these heavenly visitors were saying to Abraham. And so Sarah was, listen, now Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So Sarah was standing in the tent door and she's listening very carefully to every word. Now, why wasn't she out there? Maybe she was fearful, a fearful of entering the presence of the Lord. I, I think that's a legitimate thing to be have fear and, and be wanting to stand back. And if somebody gets zapped, it'll be Abraham, it won't be me. <laughs> I mean, hello. I mean, I mean, you know, no one can see the Lord and live. I mean, you know, there was a, a great fear uh, 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 among them. And, and so, now remember, they are well stricken in years. Abraham is only 99 years of age. He's almost 100. And Sarah, oh, she's a whole lot younger. She's just 89. Amen. He robbed the cradle, didn't he? And so... <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, 89. So she's almost 90, he's almost 100. And uh, so that's the picture you get in verse 11. Now, Abraham and Sarah, this is from the King James uh, Version. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in years, in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. And in the old English language of the King James, it just simply means that Sarah... Had passed menopause. In the same verse of scripture from the New King James Version it reads. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. Well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So basically she had already gone through the hot flashes. And all those other symptoms of the change of life. And the Lord says something quite profound. He says Sarah... Is going to have a son. Sarah's going to have a baby boy. Behold Sarah your wife shall have a son. Now remember what Sarah was doing. What was she doing? She was listening at the tent door. And when she heard those words. Scripture says Sarah laughed within herself. Now, if you had been in that same condition, Sister Long, you're you're about the same age there, Sarah. (laughs) Amen. And if the Lord were to speak, you're going to have another son. I mean, wouldn't you think it would be human nature to kind of chuckle at that? It would be human nature. That's right. Because in the natural realm, Sarah had good reason, every reason in the world, to think that these words that this divine visitor had spoken over her. She had every reason to think this is this is humorous, this is funny, because I look in the mirror and it is a physical impossibility in the flesh. She had been barren all of her life. Could something like this possibly happen? To someone like me and my age and a pregnancy, oh, give me a break. And a a baby, a baby boy at my age. Now, under different circumstances, under different circumstances, you and I might most likely have the same sort of reaction, right? Same sort of reaction that Sarah had. But Because quite honestly, we all, every one of us, has our own areas of barrenness. We all have our own, our own unfulfilled dreams, our own unfulfilled desires. And when we hear the word of the Lord confirm His promise to our, to our spirits, to us, we also long to take hold of the word and cling to it with all of our hearts. And something begin, within us begins to start stir and faith peeks through like a, a beam of light on a cloudy day. Faith begins to come through. And something within us begins to stir. And yet, for all that, how often it's true that we can't quite allow ourselves to believe. Because it is very natural for us to only look through eyes of flesh. Eyes of the natural. It takes something special for us to see through eyes of faith. Amen. Have you ever found yourself saying in all candor, Lord, There are those places in my life that I just don't see anything happening. I just don't see anything happening. There's no change. I prayed. There doesn't seem to be an answer to my prayer. There's no fruit. There's no breakthrough. And well, it just seems like I've just waited such a long, long time. Have you forgot about me, Lord? You ever thought about those things? Sure, we all have. Quite honestly, the term, a long time, I've waited a long time... Is a relative term because a long time for one is not very long for another. And a long time is a relative term. Abraham and Sarah had been waiting actually a quarter century. Since they had first been promised a son. And so they've waited a long time in our perspective. Sarah, if she got married or wedded at the age of 15... Or so, which was very common in that culture, to get married as a teenager. She could have been waiting for almost 75 years in her barrenness. 75 years. That's a long time to wait. Wow. But for some of us, if a week goes by without any visible results to our prayer, we think, Man, it's, it's a long time, Lord. Amen. And you long for something to happen. And after six or seven days goes by, you begin to despair. And then after a month goes by, oh my, it's almost hopeless. And after three months, well, you might as well just forget it. It's never going to happen. I might as well just give up. And Sarah, no doubt, thought in her mind, I'm just, I'm just too old. I, I'm past the age. I'm worn out. My body is shot. And my heart isn't that far behind. But let me ask you friends. Who was it that was speaking on the other side of the tent door? Who was that person that was speaking these words to Abraham? See this was no ordinary visitor. Hello. This was no ordinary visitor that was speaking. It was the Lord himself who had passed by. Amen. And what he was saying was you're going to have a baby. Could it really be that I'm going to have a baby? I mean, you know, the Lord is speaking this. Oh, my. And Sarah was hiding behind the tent door. Now, let me say this. You can't hide from the Lord. You can't hide anything from the Lord. He sees everything. I remember staying with my grandparents... When I was actually my great grandparents, when I was a little bitty fellow, my dad was preaching revivals, and uh, we were staying with my great grandparents while he was out preaching revivals, and uh, and they were babysitting us. And on the wall of my great grandparents' house, there was a picture, and it was a picture of the face of Jesus, and he was tilted a little bit. And guess what? Wherever I moved in that room, his eyes followed me. You ever seen one of those pictures? Oh, my. Everywhere I'd move, I'd look. He was looking. I could hide, but he was still looking. Amen. Friends, you can't hide anything from the Lord. Amen. Sarah was hiding behind a tent door, but the Lord still saw her. Amen. And... uh, She thought she was in the privacy of the tent. And although she uttered no sound, when she overheard the Lord speak that she was going to have a son, the very thing that she had longed for in her life, she laughed within herself. And Genesis chapter 18 verse 12, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, Shall I have the pleasure? My Lord, another Abraham, also being old. Oh, my Lance. And what's interesting is, the Lord responded to her thoughts. The Lord heard her thoughts of laughter within her being. She didn't verbalize it, but she was saying it in her thoughts. And the Lord heard her. Isn't that interesting? He hears your thoughts. Oh, my. And the Lord knew it for what it was. Amen. And the Lord immediately said to Abraham in verse 13, he said, why did Sarah laugh? Remember, where Sarah? She's still in the tent, behind the tent door. And the Lord has heard her thoughts of laughter inside of her spirit. And he says, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? And the next verse gives us a little insight as to why she was laughing. And in the next verse it tells us why. And the verse simply says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Let's say it together. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I'll return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. You see, her eyes were in the mirror looking back at herself at her circumstance. Her eyes were on her circumstance. Let's write it down. Her eyes were on her circumstance and not on the Lord who said, Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's why she laughed. She had her eyes in the wrong perspective. Amen. Amen. And friends, how many times have we been guilty of doing the same thing? Amen? The same thing. The same thing what? That Sarah did. We look only at our circumstance. We look only at our situation. And we just give up because it looks impossible. She was hiding behind the tent door. And looking through eyes of the flesh. And not eyes of faith. Faith in God. Faith in the Lord that He is the God who's able to do anything. Now, she had lived 25 years with a promise. She was probably around 65 years of age when the Lord first spoke to them about the blessings and leaving Ur and and entering the promised land and and they will be fruitful and be uh, multiplied uh, of many nations from their uh, their womb. And, And so he had promised when she was 65 years of age. And now about 25 years has gone by. And now she's almost 90. And with each passing day... It seemed less and less likely that this would ever come to pass. And then one afternoon, in summertime, in the heat of the day, all of a sudden, the Lord passes by. Amen. And He has a word, and that word says, You shall have a son. It shall be at the appointed time. And at that moment, she wanted to believe. I believe that with all my heart. But she was overcome with her own flesh. And for a moment, she almost believed it. Let me ask you a question, friend. Who? Just who is that person today that's hiding behind a tent door? Afraid to totally be exposed to the possibility of a miracle. Wow. To tell you the truth... She looks a whole lot like me. And she may look a whole lot like you. Friend, you may be at this very moment an inch of opening your heart to the promise of a miracle of fruitfulness in your life. In an area that has been barren. You're that close. You're almost ready to believe. But your flesh is your biggest enemy. Your flesh is standing in the way of your miracle. Oh my. Perhaps some today have never received the love of God that's available free, freely. And you know you need to open your heart to Him as Savior and Lord. Friends, He's calling you. He's calling you. Even today He's calling you. And something rises up from deep down inside of you that says, Yes, Pastor Marcus, yes, that's what I need. But you're afraid to take that step. And so you just laugh it off one more time. Some have never allowed the Holy Spirit to fully fill their life with empowering ability that He gives. And something within you yearns for that touch of God upon your life. You want to reach out and believe. You want to have faith. You you want to experience what the Holy Spirit has for you. But you've been barren for so long. Do you dare believe that you too can be filled, overflowing with the presence of the Holy Spirit? Others, maybe God wants to use you in some area of service. Some area of ministry to His family and you hunger for him to use you in those ways. You long to be his instrument that he can flow through and touch others through you. And you have become convinced that it's his desire too, but you you ask how could he possibly use somebody like you? You're a nothing. You're you're you have limitations. You You don't have any confidence. You don't have any talent. You don't have any ability. And plus, you know, you're not a spring chick like you used to be. And and do you dare to believe? Some have been almost afraid to pray for others. Or to witness your faith to others. To schoolmates or to neighbors or to co-workers or to loved ones who have been hostile to the faith. And you think, well, that person has been so closed and so hard and, and, and she's been so cynical and self-sufficient. And, and But the Lord is encouraging you to have faith, to step out of your tent. Your tent and to believe for that person to be saved and to be delivered and to be set free. And you want to believe that He would do it. You want to believe that He would save them. But it just seems to be impossible. And you sense the Spirit of God saying to your heart, I will fulfill in you everything that I have promised. And you need not fear rejoicing in it. Then laughter begins to bubble up within. And and you look at your circumstance and one more time. And then hope begins to fade. And laughter becomes sadness and hopelessness on your lips. And you say, oh, why am I getting excited about the possibility that God wants to do a miracle? Life is just going on the same way it's always been. And... Friends, we have to get a revelation of who's outside our tent door. Amen. We have to get a revelation of who's making the promises. Amen. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely I shall bear a child since I'm old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, my. Let me ask you that same question, is there anything too hard for the Lord, the creator of the universe? Oh, absolutely not. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Well, then why are we so reluctant to come out from behind our tent doors and open ourselves up to the possibility of a miracle? Is it because we're protecting God, we're afraid He he isn't powerful enough to do it and, and we don't want Him to look bad? Is it because we're afraid the Lord isn't willing to do it? He isn't willing to bring healing? He isn't willing to answer our prayer? Is it because we're afraid the Lord might not really care about our needs? Friends, is there anything too hard for the Lord? So we need to look through different visions, if you will. We need to see through a different lens. And not just look through the lens of our own fleshly experience. We need to, le- need to look through the lens of faith. We need to get our eyes off of our circumstances. And instead focus on Him who hath promised. Amen. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, wow. 2 Corinthians chapter 120. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Or yes and yes. Yes, I promised it, and yes, I haven't changed my mind. Amen. Yes and yes to the glory of God through us. In 1 Kings, Solomon is dedicating the temple, and part of his blessings upon the people and and prayer is this phrase in in 1 Kings 8, verse 56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he has promised. There has not failed one word of all of His good promise, which He promised through His servant Moses. Friends, He that hath promised is faithful. He is faithful. Amen. How many of you are holding on to something, a promise that God has put in your spirit? A promise you're still holding on to that? Amen. It may not have come yet. And I wonder how many of us are still hiding... Behind a tent door. Not literally a tent door. But you know what I'm saying. We're unwilling to step out into the open. And say Lord I thank you. That I am going to receive. What you have promised for me. Now notice also in our text. It talks about at the appointed time. And friends I've got a word for you. The answer will come from the Lord. But it will come at the appointed time. That's our problem. Is our timing and His timing is not the same. We are into microwaving. And He is into marinating. And that's, that's where the challenge is. In Genesis chapter 18 verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Notice this phrase. At the appointed time. Say those words. At the appointed time. I'll return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So this actually, in the context of this verse, is just another way of saying that this is going to be a full-term baby. A full-term baby. At the appointed time, I'm going to return to you. You're going to have a baby then. And that means... That the answer isn't coming today, but rather there's going to be at least nine months of more waiting. Hello? You know what I'm talking about? There's going to be a little more waiting, but that's not the answer we're looking for. We don't want nine months of carrying a child, nine months of bearing a promise until it comes to the moment of birth, and then there's delivery. But see, we have to give birth to the promise. Well, that's a spiritual teaching in and of itself, we would much rather just wake up and lot a da look over there in the corner, I'll be, there's a little crib with a little baby cooing at me, amen, thank you Lord for that miracle, but we don't want to wait, we want the roses, but we don't want to weed and prune and water and wait until they bloom in their fullness. Nor do we want to acknowledge that God might be maturing those roses and bringing fragrance into our lives through some dark, rainy, overcast days. But the Lord said in our text, At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life. And friends, i got a word for you. There is an appointed time for you. There's an appointed time for me. In which he will be faithful to his word. And he will respond to the heart's desire of his children. And what he delivers may not be the very thing that you ask for. But it will be the very thing that you need. He will bring fruitfulness to that place where emptiness has reigned. And He will cause your desert to bloom like a rose. And it may not take 25 years as it did for Sarah and Abraham. But however long it takes, it will be worth the waiting. There's a hymn we used to sing years ago. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. Friends, I've got a word for you right now. It will be worth it all. When the right time comes, in His timing, it will be worth it all. Praise God. While you go through the test of waiting, and it is a test, it's a test, you will learn more about God's miracle-working grace in your life than you would have ever learned if you had just received a next-day delivery. It's a process of spiritual growth that takes place in our lives. And the Lord said to Abraham and Sarah, The miracle for which you have waited on will come. But it will be something that grows in your life and will come forth in the fullness of time. And I hear in my spirit the Lord speaking the same words to each of us today. Those same words. The miracle that you have waited upon will come. Amen. But it will be something that's not going to come overnight. It's going to grow in your life. And it will come forth in fruitfulness and in fullness. At the fullness of time. At the appointed time. Amen. Now finally... We have to be willing to leave the tent door of fear. To come out of the tent. We have to be willing to come out of the tent door of fear. You see, Sarah emerges from the door of the tent. Because he asked her a very pointed question. He said, why did you laugh? And in verse 15, she denied it. Oh, I didn't laugh. And I've underlined this key phrase. But Sarah denied it and said, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. Fear will keep you in the tent. But for you to step out of the tent, you've got to leave fear behind to walk in faith. You're going to either be in faith in the promises of God, or you'll be stuck in the tent of fear. Well, that's a good word. Amen. And Scripture tells us exactly why she was laughing in, within herself. Scripture says she was afraid. She was afraid. Now, she was afraid of being confronted by the Lord. And He said, no, but you did laugh. You see, but she was also afraid of confessing her lack of faith. In the promises of the Lord. You see, faith finally came out of hiding. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Faith finally came out of hiding from the tent of fear. And friends, when you hear the Lord say to our hearts, You are afraid, aren't you? And we openly and honestly say, Yes, Lord, I am. That's when something beautiful begins to happen in our lives. That's when we discover that God's grace is greater than all our fears. Aren't you thankful that God's grace is greater than all of our fears? Oh, praise God. Amen. And fear doesn't disqualify us from receiving His promises. I'm closing now and the musicians and singers are coming But I want you to turn briefly to Genesis chapter 21, because in this passage of Scripture, I've got it on the screen, is when the promise comes. Nine months later, let's read about nine months later what happens. And nine months later, the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Oh, isn't that a beautiful passage? He did what he said he was going to do. Praise God. Verse 2. For Sarah conceived and before Abraham and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And then finally verse 3. And Abraham called the name of the son who was born to him whom Sarah bore to him Isaac. Isaac. And isn't it ironic that he called him Isaac? Don't you know what Isaac's name means? The name Isaac means laughter. God has a sense of humor. Amen. Amen. Now this laughter was a different kind of laughter. It was a laughter that arose from the joy, the joy of the Lord, of trusting in the Lord, of putting your hope in the Lord, of putting your confidence in the Lord. Amen. In the faithfulness of God's grace and the power to fulfill His promises. This laughter came about when Sarah stepped out of hiding from the tent of fear and unbelief, and she began to put her hope and her faith and her trust and her confidence in the Lord who is able to do anything. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do you receive this message from the Lord today? Praise God. Praise God. My question to you is are you are you still hiding? Are you still hiding in fear? And the Lord says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 15, 26. Praise God. Anything that you desire for me, if you'll ask, it shall be done. Miracles are waiting. You're that close to a miracle, friends. That close. But you got to step out behind the tent door of fear and step into faith in believing what God has promised it will come at his appointed time amen are you still sitting in fear do you really want the promise of God to be fulfilled in your life oh absolutely then step out believe trust in God you may be only one step away from f- opening your heart to receive a miracle of God Friends, your promise is coming. Your promise is coming in His appointed time. But you got to be willing to step out of the tent and believe Him who promised. Amen. Where's your tent? It may be in your pew. Hello? Hello? That's right. I'm, t- I'm be truthful with you. I love you. Praise God. I encourage you to put your hope and faith in the Lord who is the promise giver. Are you willing to step out of your tent of fear and start walking in faith? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. If you're ready to step out of your pew of fear, hallelujah, as we sing this song, I want you to rise to your feet and say, Lord, I'm, just, I'm stepping out of fear. I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust God. Amen. Let's sing it now. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. How I Hallelujah. Trust. Hallelujah.